Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, yesterday was an interesting day for conservative media. And when you say conservative media, you almost could just say Fox. I was looking at the numbers the other day. Fox is so dominant with conservative media. Mm-hmm. Not only is it the only, um, it, by far the most watched cable news show uh, channel, because it is the only one that is conservative and just dominates, uh, web traffic, it's something like the next 19 conservative sites added together is Fox. Wow. So Fox just dominates. Their site's getting worse, by the way. I was going to whine about that, but maybe later. I mean, um, I just in brief, it's gone from a news site to a reprinting our opinion hosts uh, screeds site. It no, seems to be working less and less useful for news. Yeah, it's working, right? Because all the other stuff out there, the Examiner, the Blaze, the, you know, the, um, can't think of some of those. Washington Free Beacon, Washington Times, uh, you know, OAN, the, uh, Newsmax. OAN, that's, that's yeah. the one I was thinking of. All added together, don't touch Fox. Anywho, uh, so the texts came out uh, about 48 hours ago of a lot of Fox hosts and Donald Trump Jr., uh, begging Donald Trump to do something about the riot as it was happening at the Capitol. And I think a lot of people were wondering how Fox was going to handle that yesterday, how the hosts themselves would handle it and everything like that. The main tact, if you were wondering that and didn't watch, seemed to be from uh, from Tucker and Laura Ingram and Hannity that um, they it's it's a real problem that our private texts are ending up out there, which that would bother me, too. That would bother me a lot, too. Wait a second. How did me texting somebody all of a sudden become public? Everybody gets to see what I text. Not cool. Not cool. Yeah, I guess my gripe would be with Mark Meadows. I mean, two people uh, willingly engage in texting. One of them might say, hey, does anybody want to see every single text of mine? It's a betrayal of, of the assumption of privacy of your friends and associates, but it's not illegal, I don't think. Anywho. Last night on Hannity, Geraldo was on there pushing back against uh, some of the theme of Hannity's shows. And then uh, Bongino was on there. Dan Bongino. Bongino. Dan Dan. Bongino. Dan, yeah. He's a host also, radio host, all that sort of stuff. He's the other voice that you will hear on there. It gets a little uh, feisty. It goes something like this. The obvious difference between the riot that happened on January 6th and the 500-odd that you correctly cite as concerning and 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 damaging to America, to our psyche, to our, our, our physical well-being, is that this was a riot that was unleashed, incited, and inspired by the President of the United States, which targeted right, the, talk, that's the heart your of American democracy. The President didn't say, no, you could say that's your opinion. The, American, the President well, me, said peacefully, let me, let me, no, no, stop. The president said peacefully, patriotically, march to the Capitol. That's your opinion. I don't even want to go down that road. That's not the question tonight. The question is this corrupt committee. The question is why this riot and not 574 other riots. The question is, is there any privacy in this country anymore? Or do they get to release thousands more of individual private citizens' texts? I beg you, Sean, to remember the frame of mind you were in when you wrote that text on January 6th, and when Laura did, and when Brian did, and when Don Jr. did. Remember the concern you had. Remember the the frustration. 
at our, our beloved 45th president. Yeah, because Where I wanted, was he? I how, wanted a how riot to end. he be doing this? Why doesn't he say something? Why? Okay, but, and he but, been, you and, wanted, but the point you is saw, he did. You saw, unfolding before your, he you did. saw unfolding before your very eyes an attack on democracy. Let me give it to an Dan. An attack on the Constitution. The point, an attack but, but on he the did capital not call of the United States he of America. He said peacefully, and then he did do it. Dan, you have less than a minute. We're running out of time. Geraldo, we've been arguing about this forever. The backstabbing of the president you're engaging in is really disgusting. And it's really vile that you pretend to be this I guy's really friend and you continue that. to do I this. I resent that. He, I supported he Donald Trump. On tape. I supported I don't Donald Trump resent it. until he, he said abandoned Let me democracy. Respond. Let me he, respond. He abandoned he the election results. Tape. And he refused, March peacefully he refused and to accept the will of the American people. You heard right, it. Nobody can hear you. you heard we got to leave it there. And you stabbed we'll him in the back. You heard Thank it. Thank you. I aged three years during that tape. <laughs> so Sean clearly cued the music once they got into it. Like, all right, let's take a break. Um, so uh, let you argue amongst yourselves whose side you're on or who you think is right. But uh, two things on this. One is the level of viciousness viciousness in act or real? I wonder about that. Because mm. based on my real life experience, I think Joe's too, people who are on different sides of this argue argument really actually do think the other side is really, really, really wrong in a dangerous way. So that's not, I, I mean, I see it on the text line. I've seen it in person. That ain't fake. So with them, I don't have any idea. What's your guess? Yeah, I don't know. It all seemed a little cable news shouty to me, but uh, I I don't know. I, I think they probably both believe to a large extent what they said. I don't know. That just the the whole tribal posturing in in politics and cable news, the rest of it. I just just maybe it's because I need a vacation or something. But I am just so <laughs> tired out by it. The you stabbed the president in the back. He tried to end democracy. Oh, for the, the love of heaven! Can, my we, main can, take, can we do better than that in our arguments, please? My main takeaway on this, and there, there was, you know, that, not to that level, but that sort of thing on Fox all day long. When does MSNBC or CNN ever have, ever, a differing point of view on there among Democrats? It's all the same thing, as I've, I've been joking for years. CNN will, you know, cover a big story, have a speech after a bit, debate, whatever, have like 11 panelists on the show, 11 different points of view. Except they're all exactly the same. Not one of them disagrees with any of the others. Right. Fox regularly has people on there who really disagree with each other. I think MSNBC, for instance, is make a mistake. I think you should have somebody on there from the AOC wing and somebody from the Joe Manchin wing and and argue and get into it. You know, the the regular blue dog working class Democrat and the I got a graduate degree woke Democrat on your panel. But they never do ever on those channels and fox does it regularly that would be a lot more admirable yeah i don't i know so little about the business model of uh oversimplified pandering on cable news i don't I know this i don't much. know if it would work to be better i know this much i know what the ratings are cnn the other day didn't have one show where they got more than seven hundred thousand people i don't have to be a genius about cable news to know that the way you're doing it with nine panelists that all agree ain't working you doofuses. So maybe well, you ought to try something else. That's that's clearly true to a certain extent, but they're in business. They're staying in business. They're making money. If you dared challenge the orthodoxy 
on MSNBC, would that attract more viewers or drive some of that small portion away? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I was pretty shocked when I heard that uh, Chris Cuomo, when he got fired the other day by CNN, was making $6 million a year. Holy crap. He's their most watched, top-paid host, but really? With with a million people watching you? Cable news has got such an overstated influence on things. With a million or less people watching you every night, you make $6 million a year. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I I, I get that. That is, uh, that's impressive. I wish I was handsome, square-jawed, and had big, giant, white uh, teeth with the brother was call it on there. And my brother was governor. My brother's not governor of anything. It's him who's failed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, interesting. I don't, I don't know. That, well, yeah, I could bore people to death trying to analyze this. I mean, because you've got... You've got the lefty audience divided, CNN, MSNBC, all the uh, heritage alphabet networks and, and the rest of it. And I just I wonder how would they how they stay in business and, and what they talk about. How are they going to get more viewers when they're all saying the same things in virtually the same way? Maybe you're right. One of them needs to take a risk and break out of the pack. But did you know? That there are significant forces within Washington, D.C. calling for a fourth round of stimulus checks. Oh, there's not. Yes, there are. As the economy is roaring, inflation is soaring, unemployment doesn't exist if you want a job, with some exceptions, of course. Um, They're talking about handing out even more money, if you can believe that. Uh, young was, people are, are A, done with the ta- pandemic. You can't get young people to do anything anymore, to a large extent. And they're fleeing the state of Illinois, interestingly enough. I was going to mention this the other day and trying to figure out how to word it so I don't come off as a real jerk. But um, So the great uh, resignation or the big quit that's been going on for the last several months, more people leaving their jobs than ever in the history of capitalism, and it's mostly for better jobs. So people are moving up. The latter, right, For, to a better job and everything like that. Well, it seems pretty obvious to me that is what what has then happened is the very bottom, like least skilled jobs, have now gone to people that prior to this couldn't get employed. Because I have run into people, and God bless them. In some cases, it's not their fault completely. Sure, but I've run into people in some of like the real low, unskilled, the first person you come in contact with with the company sort of person that are just wow. Yeah, yeah, it's you're, sad, you're, really. It is, it is, yeah. it is, and you know, might completely might not be their fault. It might be the best, 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 their best effort. But man, there are people getting jobs now and think, oh wow, yeesh. Yeah, well, or you got drug casualties, or you got a guy who's got like half a dozen murder convictions, and and you're desperate, and you say, "Listen, how how likely is it you murder one of my customers?" He says, "Yeah, probably not." And you think <laughs> I need somebody? Somebody's got to answer the phone, right? Somebody's got to be our our, our our bringing the shopping carts from outside. So, Jim, two things I want you to remember answering the phones today: one, people can hear a smile; <laughs> two, please don't murder anybody. <laughs> You got it, boss. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Oh, 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 you know what? That, that's right. One of the uh, one of the aspects of the story about the fourth round of stimulus that I wanted to get to. It's from CBS News. It is so blatantly dishonest. I mean, the great 
news organizations of yore have fallen into the sewer. They're like, you know, at the bottom of the sewer where it's extra sewery. I mean, it's just terrible. So we'll we'll do that. And what else do I have that's not uh, that sort of thing? We got some know. good texts on Do You Read that I would like to get to. I thought that was pretty interesting, actually. Maybe we can get to that. Because I think I'm a big proponent of reading as a, making you, as a way to make you smarter. Right. Well, we quoted Mark Twain earlier. The person who does not read has no advantage over the person who cannot read. That's right. That's how we got started on that. If you'd like to weigh in real quick on that, our text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Finally, according to the latest numbers, Apple is set to become the world's first company with a market value of more than $3 trillion. And almost $2 trillion of that comes from chargers left in hotel rooms. <laughs> <laughs> That's something. I remember when Apple became the first trillion-dollar company like two years ago. Now it's a $3 trillion company? Wow. Yikes. Oh, by the way, Alex said, is this true, Alex, that Zuckerberg announced that they'll drop the requirement for Facebook for the Oculus VR headset? Yeah, I just can't hottest. find a date for it yet, but uh, when yeah, they announced I'm guessing Meta. That, I'm guessing the date is after Christmas. So after you get the Christmas present for your kids, you get a Facebook account, then they'll say, oh, you don't need a Facebook account now that we've already got you signed. Yeah, once they harvest your data. Yeah. Well, right. And if you want full functionality, I'm fi- I'm sure they will find some way by hook or by crook, uh, carrot or stick, to make it much more attractive to use yeah, Facebook. It, yeah. It took me a long time to get on board with Joe's theory, but Zuckerberg is a bad guy. I didn't think he was a bad guy, but he is a liar and a cheat and a manipulator. He is a the bad person. Of Mark. Right. Because he's a lizard from outer space, that's why. Nice. Well, that's part of it. Um, you know, we need we need a, a new uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, clip. I don't know. Maybe we can find something, Hanson. Maybe you can find something when he was in uh, uh, front of the Senate saying, "Senate, Senator, I'll get back to you on that or something." We need <laughs> we need the voice of the yeah, evil. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, CBS News, which has gone from you know one of the the, the gold standards of journalism in the world to uh, you know frequently a joke. Um, with an article on their, their website, just came across it, um, talking about, well, the headline is fourth stimulus check. What's behind the push for recurring payments? So they're talking about a fourth round of stimulus checks. Uh, they mentioned the various stimulus checks that have already gone out, but despite that financial assistance, millions of Americans remain in financial distress and the spread of the Delta variant is creating new economic headwinds. Wow. Way to be up on the, uh, the variant news. First of all, almost one quarter of Americans struggled to pay their household expenses in the previous week, according to new census survey data. So if you struggle to pay your household expenses, the government should write checks to you. Okay. Well, the unemployment rate stands at 5.2%, still higher than its pre-pandemic level of 3.5%. And while businesses... Go ahead. I always have the same comment on any of those kind of government hands out, handouts. So if you're failing to pay your household expenses, regardless of how you're handling the money that you do have or have been given or do make, doesn't make any difference. 
And while businesses are hiring, there are still about 5.3 million fewer people on payrolls than before the pandemic. So businesses are frantically hiring, but because people haven't taken those jobs, they should uh, they should get money. Interesting. 21 senators, all Democrats, signed a March 30th letter to Mr. Biden in support of recurring stimulus payments, uh, just just uh, like a subscription. They'll just keep going until they're canceled. Uh, somehow I'd missed that, but that just seems completely crazy. Uh, where is there was one thing I wanted to feature in this article that was so, so bad. Oh, where is it? Dang it, I lost it. Uh, see, this is the problem. I try to conserve paper by not printing everything, but um, then a website resets or something, and I lose my highlight. Aren't you green? Yeah, well, I try. Plus, I don't know. I get, I get to the point where I'm just swimming in paper over here. Um, I lost it. I can't find it. You know where Damn I it. really kill? You know where I'm worst on the environment is plastic bottles. Jeez, we go through. Garbage bags and garbage bags full of plastic bottles every week in my family. And I've made no effort to do better. I'm killing the environment. Yeah, I almost I? never, ever use a plastic water bottle. I have a permanent thing, a steel thing. Well, aren't you Jesus? No, I'm just a guy with a steel water bottle. It helps. I can refill it anywhere, anytime. It's great. Uh, da, 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 da. I can't find it. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I'll have it for you next segment. Trust me, it's great. It's just fantastic. I've got a bad <laughs> attitude now. <laughs> oh, Your website was fine. Why do you have to reset? Right, right in the middle of everything. Stop it! Can't trust anybody. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Large smash-and-grab retail robberies are being organized, according to the Wall Street Journal, on social media apps like Snapchat. Well, we, we are monitoring, of course, these thefts very closely. But so far, the White House is not calling out social networks the way they did strongly out of concern about posts containing COVID disinformation. We have a responsibility as a public health matter to raise that issue. In Los Angeles County, the sheriff sees another reason, a progressive district attorney letting offenders go. Roughly... 12,000 cases in his first year in office that he has not prosecuted. So that's 12,000 times that the crook walked away scot-free. Oh, that reminds me. I have a new hero. The DA is San Diego County. I want to tell you all about her in a little bit. Oh, and one more just got real quick thing. The, the CBS article that I was saying was so uh, dishonest. It repeatedly refers to a weak labor market and a weak job market. How, how can you say that? Um, The clip we just heard and the uh, L.A. sheriff talking about how the D.A. does not prosecute anybody. um, That is just a weird thing that's going on in our society right now, man. District attorneys who who don't believe in crime, who don't believe in human nature. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Yeah, they're so ideologically out there, and I think they actually believe this stuff. They I believe in a Marxist utopia, and and that the only reason people commit crimes is because of you know systemic what's its. Yeah, so um, I love that story you're about to get into because the LADA. I didn't realize this is what's going on. I didn't even realize this is the way it works. So if you have some sort of horrifying 
crime happen in your family. Your brother gets murdered, and the guy's up to get out on parole. So he's got a lawyer. The Mm -hmm. taxpayers provide that guy a lawyer to try to argue for why he should get out on parole. But who's on the other side to argue back? The district attorney's office. And in L.A., they're choosing not to. He will not allow his people to go argue on behalf of keeping the person in prison. Yes, the dangerous leftist Marxist Georgia Gascon has forbidden his prosecutors to go and advocate for the people. He's forbidden it. I didn't know that's the way it works. So unless you're going to hire a lawyer yourself at your own expense... The local DA will not argue for keeping, in my scenario, your brother's killer in jail because the local DA believes they should get out. Regardless of the facts, they should get out because prison is bad or something. I don't know what that is. Right, right. Well, and and it's worse than that because a lot of victims have reported that they were never notified, so they couldn't appear at the parole hearings or what have you. Gascon is deliberately tilting the scales in favor of getting the criminals out. I am proud of our entire team in the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. We cannot prosecute our way out of social inequalities, income inequalities, the unhoused, the desperation that we have. That's the voice of a crazy person. That's the the, the speaking pattern of a lunatic. He's an actual crazy person. Well, and a eunuch, too. He sounds like his testicles have been removed. He's a lunatic eunuch. A eunatic, if you will. Wow. But that's how, remember the story a while back, Sirhan Sirhan, who killed Robert F. Kennedy. That's how he ended up getting out. It was well, one of these deals. Out. Or, or uh, that's how it ended up being such a, right. a story, such a crisis, how it got so close. Right. Was um, him allowing that to happen, allowing it to get that far down the road before everybody was like, whoa, what happened here? So I was going to get into the story that uh, the Grove, which is this famous L.A. shopping center, it's like an open-air shopping center. I almost bought a truly unfortunate pair of pants there uh, one time. I just, I was picturing younger, sexier Joe, and I saw these pants, and I thought, wow, I'd look really, really good in those pants. They're kind of a purplish hue. And, you know, with the right shirt, I'm on stage, I'm playing the rock and roll. I'd have looked very sexy. But I know me. And those pants would have hung in my closet until I finally hung my head and donated them somewhere. And and they were not cheap pants either. I wish you'd have bought those pants. The unfortunate pants. I wish there were pictures of you in those pants. Oh, and they know they were they were the opposite of the stretchy pants. They were the look what I got going pants. Oh yeah. Anyway, so uh, why why did I Break go me there? off a piece of Joe? That's what people were thinking. <laughs> In my mind, that's what they would have been thinking. But somehow, <laughs> somehow, I said to myself, "That's probably a little too much." Uh, so anyway, the Grove has had to install this barbed wire like uh, fencing. It looks like the trenches of World War II from the minute they close to the minute they open to make it more difficult for people to run up with sledgehammers, smash all the windows, loot all the goods, and disappear into the night only to sell the stuff online, which I'm reading more and more about is um, 
is is the way they get rid of the stuff. That's why it's so lucrative. It's not like somebody wants to keep 15 leather jackets or 20 purses or whatever. They put it online. They sell it. They do pretty damn well. Or 900 razor blade cartridges. Well, right, yeah. And I've also learned that um, a lot of the online sellers, you can register as Donald R. Duck and and sell online. Nobody ever asks you who you are or, or there's no proof of anything. And actually, all of the big online retailers, including eBay and, and similar sites, have signed on to this legislation saying, yeah, there ought to be accountability. You ought to, uh. you know, we ought to be able to verify who our sellers are because it's just it's become such an enormous hub of crime that they're fine with it, which I found interesting. And we can get more into that in a bit, but I want to get this segment into the absolutely fabulous Summer Stefan. Now, she might have sins. She might have made mistakes that San Diegans are aware of that I've missed, but she is standing up tall. She, like the communist George Gascon of uh, L.A. right up the coast, um, are in their first elected terms, but she is a very, very different beast than Gascon. Quote, um, oh, oh, she's commenting on the fact that sometimes in uh, crimes or crime sprees will take place in multiple jurisdictions, <clears throat> and then you have to decide where the crime spree is going to be tried, and sometimes the counties will get together and try the defendant together and pool their resources and stuff like that in the case of truly horrendous you know, crimes. Well, uh, um, Summer Stephan said of... Um, being dragged into that situation with Gascon, I can no longer trust that this DA's policies will abide by the law. I need to return my cases, all of them, to San Diego. Stefan stands in stark contrast to your uh, George Gascon, your Chesa Bodine, your Diana Becton in Contra Costa County, California, and others across the country. Uh, Kim Fox in Chicago to Yale in Boston, who was getting so much attention. St. Louis, there are a hundred of them, or at least a dozen of them. Said uh, Bill Wells, who's the mayor of El Cajon, which is in the San Diego area. She seems to be very concerned about the rule of law and takes her job seriously. I always liked her, but I didn't appreciate her until I started seeing overt insanity in places like Chicago, L.A., Seattle, Portland, San Francisco. There was a Soros-backed prosecutor who ran against her in the last election who would have been the same as Giscon if Summer had lost. Um, It's been a rocky year. She's prosecuting more than 100 cases, including homicides and uh, sex trafficking. The year started off with a court battle to reclaim a robbery case that began in San Diego and ended with two murders in L.A. Since the most severe crimes were in L.A., L.A. was going to get the case of this this monster. Um, and, and L.A.'s uh, former guy, uh, or former prosecutor, Jackie Lacey, was going to prosecute it. But after Gascon joins office, thanks to the Soros money and the rest of it, you know, uh, Summer Stefan discovered the policy of we charge no uh, uh, enhancements, no gun violations, no you laid in wait, wanton cruelty, uh, crime for profit, none of those enhancements. They won't do any of them. And so Summer Stefan is fighting to get the case back in San Diego to actually uh, impose a little justice. Um, and I, I appreciate that very much. Well done. You go get them, girl. So you got a homicide detective there who's spending all his time trying to help victims of crimes fight to keep the perpetrator of the crime behind bars because of the fact that District Attorney George Gascon is prohibiting prosecutors from staffing the parole hearings. So instead of 
trying to solve 4,500 unsolved uh, murders out there. This homicide detective has decided, you know, I'm going to help all those victims out there because the DA is no longer helping. In the past, the DA would always go to these hearings, these parole hearings. Now it's up to us to help out the family. If we don't help them, there's no one, said this guy McCarthy, who's the uh, homicide detective. They are on an island and ignorant of the process, and they don't know how to handle it. So I'm getting involved sure. because the DA is not is no longer doing that. A 2008 California constitutional amendment states that prosecutors shall assist and represent victims at parole hearings, which has been a very solid and effective policy in L.A. since the early 70s. Um, former L.A. County District Attorney, Attorney Steve Cooley told the Washington Examiner, Gascon's complete abandonment of victims at parole hearings is unprecedented and breathtaking, Cooley said in an emailed statement. The relatives of murder victims are left to fend for themselves against murderers of their loved ones and their defense attorneys who are funded by taxpayers. Yep. It's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, these are crazy people. It's unconscionable and, and bizarre that these policies could be enacted, and they, they have been. And there's more. Gascon pushed for downsizing the jail population due to COVID-19, echoed by Gavin Mussolini at the state level. Um, and uh, while under the state of emergency because of the Chinese bat fever, um, they they turned loose some, or they had the early release of some 76,000 felons scheduled. Now, Summer Stefan, who we were talking about, has sued the state to stop the early release. This includes plenty of convicted murders, rapists, child molesters, etc., in a case that includes 44 other district attorneys. But you've got these radicals who are trying to turn all these people loose. Um, Prop 57 was supported by Gascon, infamous California proposition that the soft-headed voters passed. The proposition downgraded the prison sentences of tens of thousands of inmates, including plenty of murderers. This is so crazy, though. I understand lots of policies that are like, you you think this, I think that, you're to the left of me, I'm to the right of you, whatever. But this is out there in bizarro world land. You're not going to show up to... Parole hearings look at the facts and on a case-by-case basis decide whether or not this person should stay in or not. You're not even going to alert the families, the victims' families, to let them be involved in the process? Because you're so certain that whoever went to jail for this violent crime deserves to get out just on its face. What is wrong with you? Keep in mind that the parole board members are supposed to be the judges. They're supposed to be neutral uh, arbiters of good conscience and, and legal knowledge and the rest of it. They are expecting the defense attorney to come in and say, oh, my gosh, he's been teaching Bible study. He's completely reformed. He feels bad about what he d- did. Don't you, Jim? Oh, I feel terrible about it. They're not in the position of the prosecutors who show up and say a prison uh, psychiatrist declared this guy a psychopath three different times. And that small violation the lawyer just referred to, he stabbed his, his cellmate in the throat. They're not, the, the, the uh, parole board is not there to act as a prosecutor. They're there to act as an arbiter. So it throws the whole system just completely out of whack. Anyway, if there's a moral to this story, it's that, and the lefties figured this out. You know, if you want to talk about George Soros or whatever, but the far lefties figured out district attorneys. That is where they can get radicals elected because it's just far enough under the radar. People don't pay attention. Wherever you live, wherever you live, pay attention to the DA elections. 
I learned that in my own situation where that homeless man accosted my family, that it makes all the difference in the world, whether the DA gives a crap, makes all the difference in the world. Um, yeah, a homeless right. man slash repeat offender drug addict, right? right. Lifelong yeah. criminal. Right. Uh, lifelong violent criminal. Um, uh, Biden, Trump, too. It's a possibility. I'll briefly touch on that. because Don't you threaten me. <laughs> That's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And get this, Uber Eats just made its first ever delivery to space after a Japanese billionaire brought food from the app to astronauts on the International Space Station. Yeah, that's how tough the economy is right now. A billionaire is working for Uber Eats. (laughs) Is the economy (sighs) tough? Is it? It depends who you ask. Yeah, weird times. So, this is the latest polling on the whole 2024 presidential election. If you groan when you hear that, this won't. I won't. I won't belabor this. I'll just hit you with the the headlines. So, latest serious poll. I forget it's Pew or one of those that like you take seriously. Um, just 34 percent of registered voters want Biden to run again. That's overall voters. Everybody. It's that many? Wait a minute. Only That's a, it. That's only. it. Democracy doesn't work. It's time to end the experiment. It was a good try. It was a solid try. It's over. A third of Americans think the senile old Joe Biden is the best? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What percentage of them are Republicans who want desperately for Biden to run again? Well, it's true. That's, that's, yeah. that's a good one. The old My bad. But uh, I think that's a shockingly low number. I mean, the guy won the presidency just a year ago. He's been in office for, whatever, 10 months, and only a third of the country total wants him to run again? That's absolutely amazing. Uh, 58% don't. Terrible numbers among independents. Only 23% of independents want Biden to run again. 67% don't. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Among Dems, an anemic, it says here, Byron York wrote this, among Dems, 63% want him to run again. God, in your own party, you got elected one year ago, you're 10 months into your term, and uh, only two-thirds want you to run again. That's something. Now, on Trump's side, um, 39% of registered voters want Trump to run again overall. 56 don't. Of independents... Only 31% want him to run again. But in the GOP, 70% want Trump to run versus 25% who don't. That's not as high as the numbers used to be. Yeah, they are eroding a bit. Um, If that gets down to like 60% or in the 50s by the time we get to the actual presidential election or choosing nominees and all that sort of stuff, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm shocked that the number of Democrats who want Biden to run is as high as it is. I mean, given his age and, and obvious mental struggles, given, given the failure of a number of policies, I mean, he's just got miserable numbers in a whole lot of categories, including categories that the uh, Democrats usually win in most polls. I don't. 
that two-thirds must have a highly dim view of the, the choices out there or something, or people just aren't paying attention. I don't know. People aren't paying attention. Good and good for them. Pete Boot Edge Edge was in New Hampshire the other day. and Yeah, it's beautiful tongues, this time of year. Tongues wagging as to whether or not that means anything. So, it means uh, he's running for president. You think so? <laughs> sure. Wagging tongues. No, he's got he's got the, <laughs> a 10% interest in a maple syrup concern up there. Of course he's running. Oh, he sees, uh, smells the presidency like crazy. And part of it's because the Department of Transportation has got so many billions and billions of dollars to hand out because of the so-called stimulus thing, which was, I'm sorry, the so-called infrastructure thing, which was indeed, you know, some infrastructure. Um, he is the most powerful transportation secretary ever. Boot edge, edge. Edge, edge, they say, sir. And, um, and so you have the media, you have governors just kissing his ass and Guy already ran for president once. If I'm the governor of whatever, I grew up in Illinois, I'll say Illinois, the failed state of Illinois. If I'm the governor of Illinois, what am I going to say to really flatter Pete and maybe get an extra couple of billion to rebuild, you know, whatever, expressway? I'm going to say, I tell you what, Mr. Secretary, the leadership you're showing in your department, it'd be great if that leadership stretched from coast to coast. I mean, that made me sick even saying it, but... So the, 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 all sorts of Democratic governors, especially, are kissing a guy's ass like crazy. Yeah. And he was pretty good at running for president, I thought, among the crowd that was running. He was pretty good at it. He's yeah, no, hell a lot he's better than game. Kamala Harris. Oh, please. Um, that's sure as hell enough of that. That's faint <laughs> praise, by the way. Faint. Better than Kamala Harris, Harris you say. Wow. <laughs> if you miss an hour, get the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.